Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm new and improved Rob. I'm same moderately improved for the last two or so years, Jen. My true colors are shining through. I'm David. Just did that to uh, head me off at the past. Uh, Stop me from singing it, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Well, it won't work. True. Well, I imagine there might be singing later, maybe. That's why I love you. Okay, I'm done. And yes, we are continuing our journey episode by episode through Robots in Disguise. Uh, today we are looking at episode number eight, True Colors. Uh, first aired in the U.S. May 9th, 2015, and uh, written by longtime show favorite Margaret Scott. Yay! Yay! Oh, that, ooh, I get, maybe that's why this episode felt better? This is her first episode of Robots in Disguise, and she will go on to do uh, six in total. Hmm. Yes, as as the, the brief aside there, Rob has got a new mic. Uh, it's the same yeah, so mic that might... I've had for a couple years now. And new me. and improved. Just, Very good. He sounds different, and audio settings have not been fully adjusted, possibly. Yes, the same it, uh, one that literally every podcaster yeah. has, except the ones who have the uh, I, well, No, everybody has this, or was Yeti, I think is the other popular one? Yeah, the big, the like more expensive. Yes, the more expensive one. We have the cheaper one, one everyone uses. I, I just like yeah. it because it looks like Dr. Venture's walking eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's an orb. I like the orb. I just the walking eye, I... Dean. I had been able to get one of the books. I'm pretty sure they made one that's actually blue. Yeah, because I've otherwise it's blue. like every time Black I would see white. a Chevy Cobalt and I would get mad yeah. because words mean things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't have a Cobalt. You can't just call a car model a color and have it be available in other colors. It's maybe it's right. just radioactive. Like Maybe. Maybe that's it. Anyway. Yes. Exciting podcaster hardware deep dives. That's right. This episode not brought to you by Blue. Oh, I need to get us sponsors. Uh, I don't know if I want sponsors, but I, I would not be entirely opposed. I mean, they, listen, <laughs> they would just not be glued in at random like so many podcasts do. Listen, cash uh-huh. rules everything around me. You can't see my hand, but I'm doing the, the, the cash gesture. Yeah, I'll I'll go talk to Adam Paulus about it. See if he can hook us so, up. Listeners, I'm willing to shill mattresses, uh, fancy underwears. <laughs> oh my god, give me some of that athletic underwears. green stuff, and I will plug what? your product just for the cost of the stuff because I think that would probably improve my life. I mean, well, I, I guess it's improved that like a, a lot of the ones I've been hearing recently are just like clothes and stuff, and I haven't even heard the mattress ones in a while. But the loot boxes are gone. Yay! Now, I like pretty much the only podcasts I listen to at this point are either Crooked Media's political podcasts or like Radio Free Cybertron. Yeah, no, I I get like System Mastery, which is about RPGs and The Bugle or some other things, most of which don't have ads. I've been listening to uh, Omnibus, which is... uh... Uh, they've been trying to sell me a box of meat or something. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I listened to a couple of their episodes and for like the first few ads, I figured, oh, these are fake ads. Wait, they're not? What? Oh man. It just okay. sounded fake. I mean, at the very least, give me Ken Jennings trying to sell me that, ba- that box of meat. <laughs> but, but 
crooked media gets a lot of like athletic greens, which is like a vitamin supplement powder stuff. Uh, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the underwear, which is great because there's, uh, I think I've mentioned famed homosexual John Lovett, uh, who is now engaged to, uh, Ronan Farrow, uh, who occasionally is called upon to talk about bras. And <laughs> he's like, I'm an expert on bras. Well, see, the, the great thing about that is I don't listen to those, so I'm just imagining John Lovitz trying to sell me a bra. <laughs> That's fair. Same. That's fair. Oh, this? It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. They lift and separate. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so this episode. <laughs> this episode. Yes, we open in the, the junkyard. Fixit is uh, trying to install a proximity alarm and also trying to explain this to Russell, who is extremely not paying attention. I appreciate that we have reached a point in uh, in watching these shows where the characters now have smartphones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think Miko would have had a lot of fun and done a lot of damage with a smartphone. Oh, yeah. She did a lot of damage with just a regular flip phone. <laughs> yeah. That's That's true. She stole a robot power suit. <laughs> the smartphone, she would have been unstoppable. Yeah, that, that she would have ended like a season early. Yeah. <laughs> she just downloaded some apps to to take over. Like, we've been using some uh, remote access app to, to hack into the Decepticon stuff. I was going to make some crack here about how this is about, you know, those, those lousy millennials and their phones, but I think Russell is too young to be a millennial. I think so. I think uh, he's... Yeah. What, was that at a Zoomer? Is that what they call most him? Most a Zoomer, yeah. Uh, hmm. Yes. A, a post-millennial? I think it's Zoomer. Oh. I, I, I see, I'm now at the age where I, I'm no longer learning the names of generations subsequent to mine, and they're just all <laughs> lousy kids. With their phones. That's fair. Oh, isn't it fun? And, and their, That's reasonable. their SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> their TikToks. Oh, TikTok. In my day, that was a song about brushing your teeth with a bottle of Jack, and we liked it. Back in my day, all we had was Vine. It was a couple seconds, and we liked it. Back in my day, we listened to CDs. Well, actually, back in my day, it was real media files, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this episode, there's a giant container, a, a stasis pod, Full of mud. Why did they keep the mud inside it? Well, because they hadn't opened it up yet. I and mean, I think they knew it was, I guess they knew it was empty, and they brought it back not realizing that it was super heavy because it was also full of mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. it was like half full of mud that had to have been like half the weight. They would have noticed. And I guess the Why question you... remains, whose stasis pod is this? I guess, it... yeah, that mm. question does remain. It does I mean, not seem to be the Decepticon of the week. No. It's possible that it was, and then just they find a more appropriate one at the end of the episode. I, well, well, at the end of the episode, we find out they have different sizes. I think the one at the beginning of the episode seems bigger, although that may just be an editing error. Well, I think the one that has um, uh, underbite is a little bigger. 
Yeah, but it's only marginally so. It's just weird that they have different sizes and we hadn't noticed before. Yes. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense that they didn't think, oh, we're going to have monsters of the week of different sizes. We might need different size. Stacey's pocket tables are a few episodes in. I, and I thought about this at the end of the episode, uh, which we will get to because that is the normal progression of temporal (laughs) events. Uh, but I, and I, I feel bad that I forget who it was, but I don't think it was like one of my usual followers or anything. Uh, but someone on Twitter was just bringing up this week how Transformers are the most, like Cybertronians are the most diverse, just like naturally biologically or biomechanically diverse species in like all of science fiction. Um, yeah, like, well, even going by just G1, yeah. You get, like, sci-fi races that don't even seem to have, like, that much, even just, like, coloration variation, or, mm. you know, there's there's only really, like, sexual dimorphism when it's to make sexy lady ones, and you Or just, if like, you're trying to make a point that there's, like, oh, there's more than two genders or something. Yes. See back to Alien Nation and various other sci-fi that I kind of miss. But yeah, it's among like science fiction races like Cybertronians are just ridiculously just naturally extremely diverse and and that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, you would need a variety of sizes of stasis pods and this wouldn't even be like considered to be weird or you know, having to account for unnatural things because it's natural to have some tiny dudes and some cities and a bunch of different oh. sizes in between. And, there, and whatever Skylinks oh. is. <laughs> I love oh, Skylinks. I was, I was racking like, my brain trying to think of like anything I've like ever read that was close to the Transformers variety and like, oh, I can't remember what the hell the book was. But there was one thing where it turned out, oh, all the animals and plant life on the planet were like microorganism parts of the entire planet. And that's Uh why everything was so diverse. And then I thought, oh, wait, that's basically just Transformers. Only each of the individual parts is sentient. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Anyway, as you were saying, Rob, sorry about the digression. Oh, no. So, so yeah, they, they bring this in. It's empty. Everybody's all kind of ticked off, especially since Sideswipe was once again slacking off. Yes, Sideswipe has learned no lessons. Yes. And so he immediately tries to shift the blame to uh to Grimlock, who immediately turns evil. <laughs> I guess this is why he has not previously tried to blame Grimlock for things. Yes. Like he is full on roaring uh you know, just doing like feral dinosaur stuff. Yes. Like, holy moly, Grimlock, settle down. Like, oh, uh, what was that episode of Beast Wars where they went feral? Um. Gorilla Warfare? No. No, no, no. Call of the Wild. Ah. Yes. Uh, Gorilla Warfare was the one where Primal went crazy. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, thanks to a, a, the Cyber Bee on his chest. Which was why it was Gorilla Warfare and not just Everybody Warfare. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love Gorilla Warfare. Like, they're, they're, there's, you know, I think, like, Gary Chalk is just killing it in that episode. There's great action. And there's just a scene that, like, for about three minutes, it just turns into a Friday the 13th movie. 
where Primal is just Jason <laughs> Voorheesing his way through the uh, Predacon base. Yes. Oh, that was a good episode. Anyway, so he pretty qu- he makes pretty quick uh, work of the uh, the other Autobots here. Yeah, in the process, and, and they're like strong arm tries to shoot him, but sideswipe stops him, and, and then sideswipe says something about like like she's saying like he assaulted you. It's like and sideswipe tells her you assault me all the time. <laughs> I mean, yes. he's not wrong. Grimlock's just bigger about it. No, I mean. Sideswipe is the one who's figured out that, you know, something is wrong here, whereas Strongheart has immediately concluded, well, I guess he was a traitor all along. She's gone full red alert in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Her no. in this episode is a little rough. Is it like that or is it like Mirage in uh, in the episode where he decides Cliffjumper was – or no, Cliffjumper in the episode where he yeah. decides Mirage was a traitor. Yeah, that's, that's also – Cliffjumper is the guy who's insanely mad at traitors all the time. For some reason. Uh, but yeah, Sideswipe has noticed that uh, Grimlock is kind of doing the no. You know, he's, he's kind of talking to himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. it's good at the beginning of the episode because you don't really notice it because he doesn't do it that much. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it took me like, like, I didn't remember what the heck this episode was. Mm-hmm. It took me like, it felt like almost two minutes to figure out, oh, wait, he's mind controlled or yeah, of course, something. I, of course, I figured it out when he started singing, ta ha ha is on my <laughs> side. Yes, it is. That's a bad movie, but that's a fun movie. That's a, that's a, that's a little uh, Denzel Washington in Fallen reference for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did, Oh, there, there's a move that Grimlock does when Sideswipe's on his back. He sort of like jumps up and spins and crushes him on the ground. And I was trying to figure out like, oh, what the hell would that wrestling move be called? But <laughs> back body drop didn't oh. apparently wasn't it. So I have no idea. The the, the action in this episode is quite good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they, they've really gotten the hang of it now. I think like it. Prime's action scenes were impressive to look at, but they were often a little confusing. And it felt like they took them quite a while to get the hang of, like, how to make a really good fight scene that, like, was easy to follow. And I think it helps with this that everybody's so brightly colored. Yes. Yes, that does help. Brightly colored. You can very easily tell tell who's who and where they are. And that was kind of a problem in the movies, that everyone is gray. Yes. Yes. This this feels like an intentional contrast against the movies, where everybody's black or gray, except for Optimus and Bumblebee. And it was kind of interesting in the movies how, at least initially, it was the Autobots who were all very brightly colored, and the Decepticons, I guess on account of all being military or police-type vehicles, were all a bunch of, you know, grays and browns and blacks. Yeah, that kind of worked for a movie, and then it just went out the window. Well, yes. Well, we had all those brightly colored construction vehicles. Yeah, that messed it up. uh, I was going to say, and Sideswipe was gray, but then Jazz was also, like, that... You know, yeah. fancy car silver. Well, that's, so. that's why he didn't make it to the end of the movie. Yeah, that's why he had to die. Ho- hopefully that's the color of the reason that he didn't make it to the end of the movie and not <laughs> the alternative. <sighs> well, well. Anyway, so pretty soon it is just uh, Russell and Fixit who are the last line of defense here. And uh, Oh, oh! There's Corvicon Slander. Yes, he, he, you know, he, uh, Grimlock looks around this place and he said, Oh, I thought, I thought Corvicons were hoarders. Yes, so the episode after we got one, we actually get the name 
for what they are. Yes. Also, there's an unreasonably long stock transformation for Sideswipe, like, as the writer and director credits are yeah, going. Credits, yeah, like, that very much why? felt like, oh, we're a few seconds short in this episode. Yeah. A little short, gotta, gotta put some filler in here. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, they were, like, ten seconds too short and needed to pad that out. Yeah, so, but so also, fi- Sideswipe deserves the beating. He deserves <laughs> yeah. a beating. Although he is the good guy in this episode. Yes. Yes, yeah. he is. But so, yeah. still. So yeah, fix it is all, all right, well, you know, I'll I'll handle this. Russell is, you'll handle a Dinobot. Have you seen you? <laughs> that was pretty good. And he's like, well, listen, I, I, may, I may die here, but if I do, don't let your dad touch my things. <laughs> that was pretty cute. And so, you know, obviously Fix It is, he gets, uh, he gets the one finger flick. <laughs> yes. He has big fingers for a T-Rexy dinosaur dude. Yes. Yes. And so he, he grabs underbites Stasis Pod, starts to haul it away, and he's planning to haul away all of them. But luckily Russell remembers enough about setting off this proximity alarm that he sets it off and then bluffs that Optimus Prime is coming. Yes. Which, I at this point, Russell has definitely figured out that Grimlock is not Grimlock. Yes. Because, I mean, for one thing, Grimlock tries to squish him and cannot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he's being overridden in some way and then says something to himself about, like, Dinobots being hard to control. So... Russell is the one who definitely has the the most awareness of what's going on at this point. Uh, but yeah, then I guess... Because if it was actually Grimlock, Grimlock knows Optimus Prime isn't coming. Yeah. <laughs> so he he does this bluff knowing that that's not actually Grimlock and whoever it is might not be aware of the current situation with Optimus Prime. So that is pretty clever. Mm-hmm. So he takes off with Underbite. The Autobots sort of dust themselves off, and immediately Strongarm is just assuming that, you know, he's he's a traitor. He's always been a traitor, and we need to go talk to his known associates. <laughs> of course, Sideswipe <laughs> yes, says, we, we are his known associates. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Sideswipe is very much on Grimlock's side here. Strongarm is very against. Uh, she is absolutely 100% convinced that Grimlock has just been playing him this whole time. Yes. Bumblebee is sort of like, let's, let's see how things play out. He brings up that Grimlock's criminal record is severe property damage due to being Grimlock. Yes. Uh, so he's, in between the two of them, as usual. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, it, it is very, I do really like Sideswipe, I guess, as the sort of token miscreant here. Uh, being like Grimlock's a troublemaker, but he's not this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it's, it's a good dynamic. I like Sideswipe being on Grimlock's yes. side. No, and I, yeah, it, it works that way. It wouldn't really work the other way around, even though we do all like strong arm. She is, we gotta remember she's still a cop. Yeah, yes. and this is one of the episodes where it's really noticeable and uncomfortable. It's like, 
Oh, she's profiling the Dinobot. No. Of course, she does turn out to be Ron. Yes, yes. thankfully. So it doesn't work out, but it, it, it's a little awkward. Anyway, so they've... Because their equipment's all smashed up, they can't track his signal. But, once again, they figure that he is going to the Crown River Dam. Yes, because they're they're like, where is... Hey, Russell, do you know a spot around here where you could have, like, a dozen Decepticons just hanging around? And I'm thinking, they need a quarry. <laughs> they need to get a, a good old Doctor Who slash Tokusatsu quarry. <laughs> uh, but no, they're going to go to the dam, yeah, which I'll... I guess is automated, question mark. They mention it. Ta- everybody take a drink. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's got to be, okay, it's either the dam, it's the quarry, or it's the Vasquez Rocks. What we have is, to split up. What is the employment rate around here? Like, is unemployment bad? What? It seems like, well, as far as we can tell, everyone works in the city. And everything I around guess. it is just kind of deserted except for a, a campground, the junkyard. Um, I guess there's a football field, which yeah. is presumably at a school. I mean, maybe, maybe the big, biggest employer is fixing the automated systems. I guess. That's yeah. fair. For, like, blue-collar workers and yeah. not just people in office buildings. Not just accountants. Uh, we did see that museum, so... Yes. I mean, it's a big tourist town. Maybe. I'm just and saying... the river, those, I guess everybody commutes. Those are good jobs, but I guess no one's... I guess that explains why the suburbs are empty. Yes, the, the, they, they, they had to lay off all those uh, G1 guys who are always wearing hard hats. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> The hard hat wearing truckers, the hard hat wearing oil rig workers, uh, yeah. the, hor- the hard hat wearing ruby crystal miners. The hard hat wearing guys at dams. <laughs> Abs- there I- were absolutely guys at dams in G1 oh. because Megatron, G1 Megatron loved dams. Oh, sure. Especially in the first season. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they head out and, uh, so Russell and Fixit are obviously staying behind and they're looking up, you know, what, you know, who, what, what could be behind this? They find something, and we don't see what it is. <gasps> dramatic commercial break! That yeah, it's a very dramatic overly commercial dramatic. break. Oh, but uh, first Bumblebee gets in his... Oh, that's right. Maximum... Oh, yes. Autobots, maximum velocity. I like yeah. the crickets. Yes. Was, uh... Yeah, the crickets are good. The reaction was good. It's not his worst saying yet. It's Bumblebee saying number four, trying to get his yeah. own roll out. He should have gone with uh, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Green Goblin face truck in here. Who made who? Who made you? <laughs> I'm still annoyed we haven't gotten like an 18-wheeler truck transformer with like a face on the front. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be Green Goblin. It would be nice if it looked like a Green Goblin, but just like some menacing <laughs> face stuck on the front. You I could mean, use it as a shield or something. Hasbro can do Marvel toys. Yeah. Yeah. They did, they, oh, there was a line of, no, actually, I think it was two lines of Transformer Marvel characters. They never did Green Goblin. Yes, yes that was a... Yes, there I, was. And they didn't even do, like, the, I, I guess there was a Ghost Rider who turned into a motorcycle. But for the most part, you did not, like, there was no Spider-Man who turned into the Spider-Mobile. Um, no, there was, well, no, there was, like, five different Spider-Men. There was no Punisher who turned into the Battle Van. There I was, was there... almost, was the Punisher the one that didn't come out? I think he had like a Hummer. Yeah, he was like the, a Humvee. The one that, the, the one that 
my friend, popular comic writer Sean McKeever worked on the tie-in comic for, I guess, was a little more mecha. Than right, those were the, the megamorphs, and I think those were explicitly, megamorphs. like, being driven by, and I think, I'm not sure if those were Hasbro, I think those might have just been Toy Biz. Yeah, it was, it was somebody before Hasbro. I right, so they didn't, uh, I mean, the, the tie-in comics were good. The others, not so much, the actual toys, not so much. Although, Jen, did I ever tell you that the, they revisited the Megamorphs universe in a comic a couple years ago? Oh, did they? <laughs> I think this came up because I think I saw people talking to Sean about it yes. on Twitter. Well, oh, it was, yeah. it was right after they did the Spider-Verse thing and they had a, like, follow-up Spider-Verse book and one of the universes they went to was the, the Megamorphs universe. <laughs> oh. Was that at the same time that they had, like, Lepardion and... That was after that crossover. Okay. Leopardion. That was a different Jeez, crossover. Leopardion. After the first crossover, before the... Or that was the beginning of the second one, I think. The second big one where it became a... Yeah, I think the... I remember that I being, being talked about on Twitter. So the first one was Spider-Verse, and then after yeah. that, they... It was so popular, they introduced, like, a Spider-Verse team book, The Web Warriors... Oh, that was it. And then that eventually led into the second Spider-Verse type, type crossover, uh, Spider-Geddon. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm glad to know that they revisited Megamorphs in that. Yes. So yeah, they, uh, they head out to the dam. They end up stepping through a laser tripwire that caught, that releases, I guess, what must be like liquid nitrogen? Yeah, it was like, at first I thought, it's like, oh, it's glass gas, but no, it, it's just, like, liquid nitrogen, which somehow turns the ground what looks like solid glass, but it's a muddy, I guess it could be glass road. gas. But the, no, they say it's like, um, oh, some freezing thing. Oh, okay. Like, it made me think of glass oh, okay. gas when it happened. Oh, oh, right, it was a cryo-inducer. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're, you know, they all end up going tumbling down this uh, cliff. They do not fall off. And we cut back to the uh, the scrapyard where they are trying to get their signal out. But unfortunately... As they're going down this cliff, Bumblebee transforms. Yes. But Sideswipe does not transform. He has to grab onto Bumblebee. And I thought back to the beginning of the episode in that unreasonably long stock transformation sequence. I was like, ah. (laughs) Sideswipe can't transform here because he takes too long. (laughs) Plot point. So yeah, they've they've got this thing fixed up and fix it is all okay. So listen, either we're I'm gonna turn this on, it's either gonna work, or we'll both die in a fiery explosion. Fifty fifty. Hmm. Instead uh, it ends up picking up what appears to be ranchero music. <laughs> yes, yeah. presumably some kind of like royalty free stock uh like fiesta music. Of course, it this, sounds pretty fun. This leads to the question: Is there just a high Hispanic population in Crown City, or are they near enough to the the border that they're getting like one of those old school Mexican radio stations? I uh, honestly, possibly in my there's some really powerful ones out in the Midwest. Listening so. to the radio, I'm on a Mexican radio. My experience <laughs> listening to the radio in in the U.S. like if you're near a city, you're going to be picking up at least like four Spanish language channels that okay. are all playing stuff like this. So, mm. like my favorite alternative station from high school got turned into a Spanish language station. <laughs> 
over like over the lunch break without telling anyone. <laughs> it was a oh, thing. That, oh, wow, that reminds me of like I used to go to sleep like listening to uh, like classical music and 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 it would wake me up in the morning or I'd wake up in the morning listening to it. And then one morning I woke up and it was like alternative rock or something or That metal. sounds it's nice. Like, what? No, it was not. Aww. I guess Switch it depends. That much genre. On I guess it depends when this was. I mean, this could have meant like new metal or something. I didn't mind. Yeah, it. that's fair. You're waking up with uh, with corn. Nineties, yeah. like alt rock in like 2000, 2001, Not. not I think this great. was ninety five around then. Because yeah. it was, I think it was in high school, maybe. Anyway, so uh, so we cut back to the dam, and Grimlock meets with his uh, his boss, Steeljaw. Yes! Yay! It's sexy time. Steeljaw, everybody, sexing th- sexing things up, and he's he's very disappointed. You know, you know, I, I sent you to liberate the Decepticons from that scrapyard. You brought one of them, and also you brought three Autobots. Yes. But also, he he says it a lot more attractively. Yeah, well, and he also gets, like, this... I don't know exactly how to describe this line. Um, uh, it, it seems to have been cribbed from, like, top ten anime quotes or something. It's a savor oh. the daylight. Things are about to get rather dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it is... It's very cheesy. Like some of his lines, I didn't write any down, but they were they were cheesy. But it's but absolutely perfect. His for delivery him. sells it. Yes, it does, and also it's entirely keeping in his characterization that he would just be like super smooth and then like pull out Inuyasha quotes out of nowhere, <laughs> bring out some Naruto nonsense. Oh no, there's probably a fanfic out there where Thunderhoof tells him to sit, boy. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. I'm sure. Yeah, listen, I. Well, I think some pet play may be going on. There's no way that Steeljaw is the pet in this, uh, this pairing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, if you're doing it with Thunderhoof, yes. Like, the, although, the, no, knowing fanfic writers and you're doing a Inuyasha parody is probably gonna make him strong arm and him the duo, which, uh, that, no, cop and crim, well, a cop and criminal is probably a very common trope, but it doesn't work. As an enemies to lovers, that is a, uh, that is a solid fanfiction trope. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very popular. Anyway, so there's a there's a there's a big fight. Everybody is hucking giant spools of cable at each other. Yeah. Oh, they, and the, they, they, there's a shot that did like when Bumblebee and uh, Steeljaw jump at each other. Oh, that's the shot from the opening where they're jumping at each yep. other. Yep. Oh, there's which a, is they, like it like I don't know if that happens in well, it happens in cartoons a lot. It doesn't happen in anime as much anymore because the opening animations are a completely different thing that is often animated by a different company sometimes. Mm. But like that, this is a 3D show that uses a scene from the show in the opening. It's a little weird w- without it, like w- with reboot where it's just nothing but clips from episodes glued together to make an opening or something. Right. Well, I guess I think that's what reboot. One is. of them a does while. assert to Steeljaw that 
that he's got Grimlock under some kind of mind control and Steeljaw is, is like, what, you don't think that he would join me over you guys? And I'm like, I oh. mean, he's pretty sexy. Yeah, especially, I think he was asking Sideswipe that and it's like, you two aren't each other's type? What? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, maybe he doesn't like dogs. And, and also, uh, it, it's it's also around here where Bumblebee and Strongarm get their heads knocked together like Mo. First, there's Bumblebee's like Strongarm, you all right? And she's like, just got my bell rung, sir. And then they get their heads knocked together, and there's actually a bell ringing sound, <laughs> like immediately yes. after I, that. I, was, I really appreciated that. Th- that was a good audio gag, but I was almost expecting like there to be a visual of a ringing bell, like a gif. <laughs> Above their heads, but there wasn't. It was just about at that level. That's, that's that's just a little too anime. Yeah. I, I don't know. The way the fight was playing out was like, there was a good fight between Bumblebee and, and um, Steeljaw, but, but when Grimlock was involved, like, it, it was all slapstick, like, uh, the Hulk is smashing around Loki. Mm. Like punny Autobots. Anyway, eventually Steeljaw just decides, hey, you know what, uh, Grimlock, you're really screwing this up. Uh, I'm going to take the stasis pod. Uh, see ya. Peace yes. out. Yep. He's gone. Just going to hit the old, uh, he's, he's like George Costanza leaving on a high. <laughs> like, thank you, you've been a great crowd. Yes. Which, it, like, it, it's a good idea, and, and also it's kind of a bad idea. It's like, couldn't you have opened the stasis pod and then it would have been... Three on three, and you guys are bigger. I mean, maybe, maybe it you gotta, takes them a second. Yeah, you got to wake up a little. Yes, but yeah, leaving with one success is also good, effective yes. strategy. And yeah, Steeljaw is like he's a he's a savvy villain. Yes, he is a very smart guy. So so now the Autobots have just got to deal with Grimlock. And indeed, they do, uh, they manage to, uh, pull the old, uh, Ice Planet Hoth maneuver on him with these cables. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They get him pinned down. And then finally, uh, they get, they get on the radio, they get some Ranchero music, and then they get Fixit, telling them that, uh, Grimlock is being controlled by Minitron, who is a cyber tick. <sighs> Minitron is a really bad name. Oh, but but Jen, do you know he has another name? What is his other name? So they, uh, so you know they released uh, Tiny Titans, right? Right. And uh, so they they made one of Minitron, mm-hmm. but I guess Minitron they couldn't they didn't want to copyright it or uh, they, rather they didn't want to trademark it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But it turns out that they had a name that they'd recently used for a toy that was somewhat similar to it. Oh mm-hmm. no! What is it? And so he was released as Minimus Ambus. <laughs> what? Oh, I, yeah. I, I remember, I think I remember that because I remember I like that. Minimus Ambus showing up on the Tiny Titans listings and being like, oh, hey, that's really cool. And then being extremely disappointed and immediately putting it out of my mind because that's just that disappointing. He, he is an extremely cool looking weird bug though. Yeah, yeah, with a he's... sucker mouth chin thing going on. Ticks are scary. I don't like ticks. There that are ticks too. possibly up in the region in which I currently live that can bite you and make you allergic to meat. 
Yeah, yeah I've I heard know. about that. That's terrifying. Here that, that it's, it's horrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Anytime I go on a hike or anything, it's always long pants and insect repellent down around my ankles. It's bad. It's bad stuff. I don't like it. Although, I'm traumatized. Minitron does not really look like a tick. If anything, he looks more like a louse. Yeah. Yeah, or a, a weasel, a... maybe. But, but he's, he's got like one, like, scorpion pincer on one arm for some reason. Oh, that, that's for mating. He's like a fiddler, he's like a fiddler crab. No. No. I mean, it's, it's with like other lady cyber techs. <laughs> it's like Gigatron's mating claws. <laughs> And he can't really talk, he just kind of does... Yeah, I wonder if he's just, like, his voice is just too small to be, like, a normal voice. But yeah, he doesn't, like, talk normally. Also, no, I, I did... When uh, when Grimlock was still under his control and uh, talking to Steeljaw... I mean, obviously Steeljaw knew that he was Minitron, but but he kept talking about what a coward he was. And I do really sort of like that idea of having a character who, you know, controls others who is at heart just a huge coward, because that's the sort of tactics that you would use if you were a huge coward. Yeah. Well, and also if you were like a tiny bug. Well, yes, a tiny bug who was also, I guess being a tiny bug would also probably make you seem like a huge coward to normally sized Transformers. Yeah, oh, well, I gotta make my last stand here. I'll just lightly poke them in the foot with my big claw and then get stepped on. <laughs> yes. Or or I could just scurry under this refrigerator. So in that case, I guess it's maybe not fair of Steeljaw to refer to him as a big coward. Cause he's he's a little coward. Small. He is. He's a little coward. And then, so they, they, they're trying to tackle Grimlock and get, you know, find where on the, where on him this bug is. And then he just starts jumping from person to person again, like the like in the movie Fallen. Yes. Yeah, but oh, they they tickle it out of him basically. Well, they're no, they're, they're searching everywhere and it tickles him. And and then I it's feel like, oh, like we no, established no previously fetish. that Grimlock was ticklish. Yes. Did we? How many did I think it up? came up. Oh. I feel like that came up. I feel like that's a thing. But uh, I guess the important thing is he is a tick who you get rid of via tickling. <laughs> oh, oh, is it a pun? No. Oh, that that's yeah, horrible. He... This this episode is is surprisingly well planned out and written, considering like the basic premise is is it's like um your average like cerebro shell mind control changing gears or whatever. Yes, but it's done really well. Mm, well, that's uh, that's Margaret Scott for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it also playing on the, on the Grimlock is still technically a Decepticon. Yes. So the subject of him turning is like a lot easier to buy in theory than what happens in most series, where like, oh, Gears is working for the Decepticons now. Why? I don't know. Uh-huh. He took a chunk. Also, out he's and... really nice. Yes. Yeah. See, so yeah, it uh, so it jumps from uh, jumps from Bumblebee to Strongarm uh, onto John Goodman, uh, <laughs> then onto Denzel again. Oh, John Goodman was in there. Ta is on my side. Yes, it is. Oh, on oh, the ending of that. I don't. I'm really pretty good. sure I've never actually seen this movie you're talking about. Recommend. It's, I mean, it, it seems like it's a serial killer movie, but then it turns out it's it a demon is. movie. 
I do like demons. And I mean, it, with like, that name, I would kind of have assumed demons. It's got right, a, a so, title of a demon movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like Denzel Washington is this detective who's hunted down this serial killer, uh, who's played by what's his name? Um, do do do. Casey Jones from, uh, oh, from the Ninja Turtles movies. Oh. Uh, he's Canadian. I can't think of his name. Anyway. Oh, what, what um, shoot. Why am I blanking? And, Anyway, so he gets executed, and then murders start happening, and they assume it's a copycat, but it's actually because he was possessed by a demon. And there's a there's a really cool scene about halfway through where the demon just starts hopping, like, through different people in a crowd and taunting Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Is and it a cool-looking demon? Well, you never see him. He just possesses people. Yeah. Oh. That's boring. Well, yes. But, but however, also probably for the best. Yes, it's probably for the best. And also a big big fondness for the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. I see. And then at the end, the ending is insane and also involves a cat. <gasps> but oh, I like Spoilers, cats. but yeah. The, 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 I, for this cheesy little, wait, wait, was it 90s or like around 2000? 1998, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's surprisingly good for this forgettable little, oh, it turns out it was a demon instead of man killing people movie. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's great, but it's fun. Worth a watch. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they finally get this guy. Uh, Grimlock catches him. And he decides that he's not going to squish him into paste, even though he easily could. Because he's a good guy. Yes. He doesn't seem to hold it against anyone too too bad. So no. that's because he's a big sweetheart. So they take him to the scrapyard and they, and they put him in a teeny, teeny, adorable little stasis pod. Just a little, like, you know, like, a doll size, sort of. I mean, not a human It's like the size of a Coke can. Yeah. I mean, to them, it's bigger than that to the humans. Yes. It's probably the size of the stasis pod that was eventually sold with Bumblebee and Strongheart. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I never did get. I wonder how much that is on eBay now. Too much. Too much. So, so B decides, hey, you know, Grimlock, you know, you've, you really showed your true colors today. They were, they were shining through, and that's why I love you. <laughs> and so, hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we get you an Autobot symbol? So he gives Sideswipe and Russell a big hug and almost crushes them to death, and that is the episode. Yes, Russell says, can I have my lungs back? And Grimlock <laughs> goes, in a minute. <laughs> that was really adorable. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very, you know, stock uh, cartoon slash Transformers plot of mysteriously evil teammate. But it's done very well. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was done very well. I did think, I mean, I it was probably for the best that they went ahead and telegraphed early on that Grimlock is being controlled so that that's not like a huge point of suspense for the audience. Uh, but it does remain a point of suspense for the characters, except for Russell, because he was the only one who saw it, and not everybody is necessarily... I mean, I think with Strongarm, it's like, she just really wanted to believe <laughs> that bad people are bad. But maybe she'll get better about that. Come on, Strongarm, have some personal growth. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, I, it was a very well plotted well done episode i 
am going to have a grudge against whoever came up with the name Minitron. That's a terrible name. <laughs> I feel like Mary. How about the guy who decided to use Minimus Ambus for the toy? Uh, I feel like Merkred Scott is better than that. But, oh, why would they... Minimus Ambus with a toy. Well, well, now I'm just thinking of an Ultra Magnus who just has, like, a bug inside him. You know, I, I, I flicked out my needles and I plugged in and erased the memory of that toy name thing from my brain. Kitten, no, it's too bad. But at least, I mean, I guess that would feel more terrible if we didn't also actually get a very good little tiny Minimus Ambus <laughs> toy that actually lives on my desk, even though his Magnus armor is in storage. It's not like they do that. They did that with a character who never actually got a toy, like. I don't know, when they finally made a toy named G-Axis and it was just a sunstorm-colored jet storm. That was extremely disappointing. Especially because in the 90s when I was reading the comic, I didn't really quite get the like toy-to-comic pipeline as well, and I just kept expecting to go to Walmart someday and find a G-Axis toy. (laughs) (laughs) So that hurt. But yeah, so it... It's annoying, but not as annoying as it would have been if that had been the only toy with that name we ever got. All right, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes! Oh, yes. This week on Kyuki Sentai GOGO 5! Death, else destruction? Um, this week, the, the monster of the week is Pollen Beast Byra, which is, a uh, if you, like, took Swamp Thing, covered him in more thorny vines, stuck a big rose on each shoulder, and made his face look more skull-like? That's kind of what we got here. At the beginning of the episode, he shows up at the rock quarry, rips off one of his arms, because he's a plant, sticks it into the ground, and starts cackling. Like, okay, he started the episode, the, the sassy demon siblings are arguing. Eventually, the rangers show up, and where the rose monster is... Find his arm in the ground and it shoots like a rose vine that tangles around their morpher thing so they can't transform. Into oh no! Their, their superhero costumes and do all the shit. And also, the rose is going to, in a few hours, release pollen that will dissolve everything around it and spread all across the earth. And you can't take it off because it's wired into their bodies and you can't cut it. You can't do anything to it. You could burn it to destroy it, but it'd have to get so hot, you would burn the rangers to death. And those are your choices. Either you let the flower bloom and kill the world, or you burn yourselves to death. (laughs) Monster poofs poofs away, and that's the episode that they have this moral dilemma of, how do we get out of this situation? It's like, either we die, or everyone dies, and then we die. And like the bad guys think, ha ha, they're not going to sacrifice themselves. But it, but it's a slow building of the rangers like, no, we don't want to die. But but we have to save people. And if sacrificing our lives to save other people. And it's surprisingly deep and dark and well written for this show for little kids to sell toys. Hmm. And like the actors are actually throwing themselves into a lot of the work. It's good. But, but like... 
Well, no, actually, there isn't a but, but it, it, it's, they come up with a Kobayashi Maru answer. And that <laughs> option three, we go into space on our space shuttle astro train friend, open the airlock when the flowers bloom, it sucks the air and the pollen outside, and then we go kick the monster's ass. <laughs> Good. It's like, it, it, it's using all, it's using the actors as much as they can. And they're actually really good in this episode. And it's using the setup as like, oh, we have a space shuttle robot we introduced like 10 or 12 episodes ago. So we can invent this and stuff. It's it's really good writing of the show that doesn't happen every episode. <laughs> and like, oh, I was savoring it. It's like, oh, this one's so good. Like, I wonder if Power Rangers adapted this, although maybe this was in one of the seasons where they were just doing straight adaptations. I think it might have been. So it's after mm. Mega Ranger and around then they stopped doing, started doing a lot of just direct rips. Anyway, um, oh, and, and in, when they have the final battle with the monster because it gets giant, because of course it does. Well, not every episode, but it does this episode because you've had a good episode. It's like, well, yeah, let's do the basic stock thing. Giant you gotta, fight. It'll be fun. You gotta be giant. <clears throat> you can't not be giant at the end. Well, no, you don't have to. I think, was it last week? It was last week or the week before they did, they didn't do giant. Oh, anyway. Um, but when they're combining and fighting the giant monster, the opening theme song plays, which happens quite often when you have the giant fight at the end, but it's the English version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there actually is, which I think some other shows have done that, but not many. Where where there's like an English recorded version of the theme song, which may only I get a feeling it's probably only going to show up in this episode, maybe once or twice more before the end of the season, because there's like um, what how many episodes? Twenty six left, I think, something like that. Or wait, no, I mean doing the math wrong. Sixteen. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, but but yeah, the English version of the theme song, it was neat. I didn't expect, I didn't see that coming, or hear that coming. Anyway, good episode. Good. I like. Two good episodes in a row a, of both okay. shows. Not just a cruddy, weird, hetero-nonsense marriage episode. Well, okay, there was a little bit of um, stereotypical gender norms in that when, like... The Red Ranger, like, they were trying to get, like, um, a herbicide to kill the plants, but then the mo- the flower monster blew up the package of like, delivery of, like, oh no, the herbicide's gone, and we only have, like, 15 minutes left. We're screwed. <laughs> they drive out to a rock quarry, park the van, the Red Ranger has a thermite bomb. It's like, okay, let's just set ourselves on fire. <laughs> we have to save people. It's come to this. And then the, the, the Pink Ranger, the girl, is like, nope, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Because everybody's freaking out. And all some of the actors, like, it's like they're tearing their own hearts out, crying. <laughs> good, good over-the-top physical acting. But she she's the one shouting, no, I don't want to die. And then when they actually get up in the space shuttle, of course her seatbelt breaks. And she's the one that starts to get sucked out before all the pollen's out. So there's that cliche, but aside from that, and it was in 1999, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's generally good. It's it's a most it's a 95 percent good episode. <laughs> okay, so we'll be back next week with more robots in disguise action. But until then, you can find us all over there. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a tum- and we have a Patreon. 
We, yes. we have a Tumblr technically, we just don't yeah. use it. Yeah, nobody yeah. uses Tumblr anymore. Well, no, not really, no. <laughs> you took the porn away. What what reason is there to go there? Yep. <laughs> Did they put the porn back yet? Wasn't it going to get bought by Pornhub? Anyway, we're hosted on iaconunderground.net where we have a Patreon set up for hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for Halloween, we are going to be doing an episode of Inhumanoids. The evil that lies within. Yes, I'm excited. It's probably going to be terrible, but I'm excited. <laughs> but, but until then, for the low, low price of $1, you can get access to our entire back catalog of Patreon episodes. You got Kimono Friends. You got yep. uh, last month's episode on Pride of the X-Men. Yep. No movies, but if you go back, there are going to be movies from back yep. when there were movies. <laughs> <laughs> or movies that we didn't see in theaters, like Condor Man and World of Warcraft. Or yes. I guess it was just Warcraft was the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, adjectiveless Warcraft. Yes. Yeah. You need two more movies, three more movies to get to World of Warcraft. Uh, that ain't, that yes. ain't happening. No. Um, actually, China cannot I, save them. I did see rumors that they might be doing another movie. Wow. Of course, this is like, could be nonsense bullshit rumors like, we get in Transformers every once in a while. This is true. But it's been a while since I've heard any rumblings of that. And it's like, oh, maybe. Oh, Call oh. me when they get to three with the zombies. Well, yeah, that's the, the problem. Zombies. They're probably just going to do the second one if they do it and not just reboot. But, uh, oh, but, yeah, uh, that's but... the problem is no one cares about the story in two. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess there's Thrall. But there's hey, green Yeah, there's some Thrall stuff. But hey, speaking of Halloween and stuff Jen likes, we also have an episode on Dracula Untold. Yes. Yes. Bats do not work that way. Watch it and find out that, yes, bats do not work that way. (laughs) It's so good and so not good, but also so good. Also things with, uh, what's his name that I'm suddenly blanking on, Howard Stark. Oh, uh... Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, other things, because he was in both Warcraft and uh, Dracula Untold. That's right, and of course, Jen's fave, Luke Evans. Yes, he's so good. I want to be that scruffy. One of these days, we're going to have to watch one of those Fast and Furious movies he's in. Ooh, okay. I'd be on board with that. He is inexplicably Jason Statham's brother in those movies. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) You know. And and they're both the sons of Helen Mirren. It's a genetic puzzle for the ages. (laughs) You know, sometimes mutations occur. Yeah, they must live next to a nuclear power plant or something. Yes. Uh, so until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Right. Yes, I'm getting all sorts of little squigglies on my audacity. Okay. Oh, so that's the should be fine. That's the best thing to be getting is little yes. squigglies. My squigglies are kind of small. Do I need? Oh, yeah. Everything's adjusted. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know what it is. Yeah, I don't. 
it's not like you sound different when we're talking, mm-hmm. but when I'm editing the audio, the quality is different. Unless, unless yours reset to a different mic or or there's an Audacity setting that fucked up. I don't know. I mean, I did have to reinstall my OS about a month ago uh, because of some... Oh, maybe a like, driver change? Log file problems. It's the same version, though. It's not like a different yeah. version of Linux. It's still Pop OS because that's the one that easy, gets along best with World of Warcraft. So all oh, of the man. defaults... Normally, I don't have to mess with the defaults in Audacity on a new install. So... I don't know. I think it looks okay. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Let me know. I'll, I'm going to be a lot more mindful about staying like in proximity to my mic this time and not leaning way back in okay. the chair. Uh, so let yeah, me know. I'm trying know. to do that myself because mine are a little small too. And I don't, well, I guess it's done that before. If that doesn't fix it, then I'll try messing with other stuff and see if maybe I need to, I don't know, do a mm-hmm. mint install to to run off that. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But let me know. Because I think it's yeah. probably just me sitting back from the mic and then sitting up when I'm excited about something. Yeah, probably. 